Hi guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. I know that for some of you, this is the first time you've heard my voice in a couple of weeks, and that is because last week we didn't have an episode, a main feed episode, like this one, um, because I was in a natural disaster, okay? And, you know, uh, shit was going on, and I couldn't do my bonus episode or my main feed episode last week. Uh, for those of you who have Patreon, who are members at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin, you got an episode of Princess Diaries where I explained everything that happened here that week. I was kind of off the grid. And then once I got back on track this week, you got a bonus episode about Jessica Simpson's book, Open Book. Um, I just talk about all the good bits of it and I talk and I just give a general review of it. I, we go back and we think and talk about Jessica Simpson, what her legacy is, and why on earth these people kept trying to make her dance. She looks like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. Stiff, creaky. Now, listen, I say this as someone who cannot dance, okay? I don't have any rhythm. There's some white girl out here just a bipping and bopping, with the rhythm God was supposed to give to me. So, you know, I just had to live like that. So as someone who understands what it's like to live a rhythmless life, I feel for Jessica Simpson. I really do. They just kept telling her to move and stuff. And then they made her do that boots are made for walking video where she's squatting on the ground looking like she's taking a poop. I I feel for her. But we get into all that in there. Um... Yeah, and also if you remember the Patreon, this this coming week we will start our new bonus series, which is a series of intervention episodes. Uh, you vote it, that's what you're getting. Um, so yeah, if uh, there's some good shit on Patreon, there's some good shit to come here. Oh, you know what? Today's Saturday. Today is Kara the Berry's birthday. Um, I hope someone gifted her with some act right so that she can learn to act right. And, you know, she could use it. I hope that happens for her. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to be doing episodes 11 and 12 of Real Housewives of Miami. Um, they're called Uncomfortably Public Relations and Parents Fly South. Next week we're going to do the Bimini episodes, which are actually three episodes. 13, 14, and 15. And then... The week after that, we'll do the reunion. We'll be done. Um, I don't know what the next season of Buy Pumpkin is going to be like. I am hoping to do something fun and that I don't have to think too hard about. The fact that I had to do multiple episodes for each podcast episode. And also I had to watch commercials the entire... It just took... I know that the commercials didn't add hours to the prep time of this podcast. I realized that. But it felt like it. And then having to do two episodes... You know, for um, Hogan Knows Best, that was a bon- I think that was a bonus episode. Or was that a season? I'm not sure. The episodes were fucking 26 minutes each. That's all I had to watch. For Girls Next Door, I think those are 30-minute episodes too. And so what happens, I'd be watching the... Or even if they were hour episodes, they were 40 minutes um, without um, commercials. So what will happen is that like... I would spend 40 minutes, but I would pause a lot to take notes, to 
write down observations I wanted to make sure I made. And but when you add an hour with commercials and then you have to do two of them, that's two hours, it takes a lot longer to get stuff done. And I'm finding that I'm recording on Saturdays more than I want to. In a perfect world, I would record on Fridays at nap time and like have it in the fucking can. And on Saturdays, I wouldn't have to think about it all. And I also wouldn't be in this man cave where my husband is... My husband cleans up and destroys his man cave over and over again. Right now, he can't find his wallet. Let me tell you what a Mr. Curtis... What Mr. Curtis gonna do? Lose some shit. He He doesn't know where his wallet is right now. I had to give him cash. And another weird thing... Is that his wallet? Bro, that's his wallet. Ugh. He he had to go to work at at 6 a.m. He woke me up at 4 fucking 30 in the morning. So he couldn't find his wallet again. And I have... I I don't know if I, I told you guys this, but I sold my truck when I got that minivan at the end of last year I my truck had died and I had to wait until I could get a title for my truck before I could sell it and so it just took fucking forever and then a bunch of other shit happened and finally I finally fucking sold it and the person paid me in cash so I have been walking around with this cash on my person hundred dollar bills a lot of them on my person for no reason. I don't know. But today I gave my husband two of them and was like, here, just take this with you when you go to work. I don't know. He can't put that in a vending machine. I don't know where he broke it. But I gave it to him early this morning, like 430 morning, just to get him away from the bed. So it's like, just take this and go to work. And now I just found his fucking wallet. But yeah, he loses his wallet, loses his keys, loses his, his earbuds on a regular. Usually find those in a washing machine. Um, I need to get one of those RF tags where that help you find, like you can attach to the things and help you find. I need to, I need to do that. But yeah, so what was I saying? Oh, this whole place is ripped up and now I have to, I have to record in here because I did it at an inopportune time. And also like I was sitting here recording, like I, this is, I'm re-recording this because the first time I had to sit here and record this, I'm not... I turned around and the door and the ladder to the attic were open as if a person has been living up there and had come down to get something to drink. That Yeah, that's the first place my mind goes to. Why? Where does your mind go to when you see an attic open? It's either a person's been living up there and we didn't know about it or there's a monster in there. Those are only two possibilities. Either way, someone's in the house and you don't know. Whether or not they're human is up for grabs. But I turned around, that bitch was open and almost shit myself because I didn't see it when I first walked in, and that, which is weird because I normally see shit like that. But, and it's quite possible he was in the attic looking for his wallet. He needs a purse. He needs a purse that all your things are in this purse and when you need to get stuff, you just pick up the purse. He has a backpack I don't know if he, that's another thing Mr. Curtis loves is a fucking backpack at 42 years old. But fine, 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 fine. Always looking like he's about to get picked up from his mom, by his mom from like, I don't know, debate practice or some shit. But fine, fine, fine. But that's not working. Maybe he should get like a, a fanny pack. Maybe he should just get a fucking purse. 
because he loses everything all the time. Now, because I said that I'm going to lose my debit card tomorrow, I know I am. I know I am. So let's get off of that. What the fuck was I even talking about? Oh, because of the way the Real Housewives of Miami the this season has been, it forces me to, because I have more stuff to watch. And I know you're like, Princess, uh, it's, it's not that hard to watch a show. It, it isn't if you don't have to talk about it. I have to take notes so I can remember what the fuck happened. I have to be able to tell a cohesive story to you guys. And so it takes some time. Those 20 minute, those 20 minute um, or 40 minute episodes where, no, those 22 minute episodes where, where a show is only 30 minutes and so the actual episode is only 22 minutes, they still take an hour to watch because I'm pausing to write down notes. I'm pausing to capture a video to put on the Instagram or a screenshot or something like that. It takes time. So because of the way this has been set up, I have to go record in the man cave and my Saturdays are kind of fucked. And so basically what I'm saying is I'm looking forward to recording something that's a little easier to get access to. That's not a Bravo show where they're selling so much advertising that they're doing 26, 27 episodes a season and that I can access without commercials. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know what the next season will be. Um, I'm leaning on the side of something from Marriage Boot Camp. I think that'll be fun. I actually am very interested in doing the first season of Teen Mom 2 because I recently went back and watched all of Teen Mom OG, but not Teen Mom 2. Um... You guys know I always am looking to watch Little Women. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I got to figure something out. But again, this one's my choice. If you are a member of the Patreon, you choose over there. But on the main feed, this is free. I choose. So, just, but in a couple of weeks, what will happen is we'll be done with this season. We'll do one palette cleanser, maybe two in between season. Then we'll move right the fuck on. So, get ready for that. So, let's get this shit on the road. I'm, like, over here just talking I feel like fucking Encyclopedia Brown. I found the case. I solved the case of the missing wallet. Um, I almost died because somebody's living in my attic. It smells like cigarettes in here. Let's get this moving. Um, so it starts off with Mama Elsa going over to Lisa Black's house. And Lisa Black says what I've been saying is that Mama Elsa and Lisa Black are friends. And that is a separate relationship from Marisol. And, you know, the whole thing is annoying to me, though, because once again, I'm watching Lisa Black have a conversation about Marisol to someone else. And I get that we're on a housewife show, right? So there is a way to have to do this where we have to talk, we have to like draw this shit out. But in real life, I don't respect this. If you are upset with Marisol, go talk to Marisol. Do not talk to Marisol's mama. Do you know what will happen if you had a conversation with my mother about how you are mad at me because of this, some things I've did? She would be like, what the fuck are you talking to me about it for? She's grown. What do you want me to do, ground her? I, and, and also, it's not that I think Lisa Black is wrong in what she's saying. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I said Lisa. Leah Black is wrong in what she's saying. I understand what you're saying. You feel like Marisol did not handle the job correctly, and so therefore you don't want to do the job with her anymore. You're within your rights. In fact, you don't even have to explain to her why you don't want to fucking do it with her anymore. Just don't. Just next year, you're just like, 
with someone else. But it makes me not want to be on your side when I have to watch you chit chat about this with everyone except for Marisol. I'm just, it's not, it's like one of those things I really, really hate. I mean, there's also a little scene where Lisa Black is, Leah Black is trying to explain to Mama Elsa that James and Elaine are the same person. And I don't know if I fucking buy that Mama Elsa doesn't understand that. I feel like Mama Elsa is a woman about town. I feel like Mama Elsa under is like a Miami mover and shaker. I don't think you need to understand, you know, you need to explain drag queens to uh, Mama Elsa. But I actually tried to look up because I was like, wait a second. Because in 2011, my understanding is that James was a drag queen named Mama, named Mama Elsa. Gosh, wouldn't that be funny if this, if it turned out that Mama Elsa is someone's character. Um, that James was a drag queen named Elaine, okay? Uh, a drag queen that DJed, hosted, you know, what drag queens do, entertain, okay? That's my, in 2011, but I was like, you know, I wonder if by 2021, James has a different understanding of what he's doing and like gender and like, let me go check and see what James is doing these days. Because it might be that, you know, a lot of people um, going through gender identity journeys start in drag as a way to be close to glamour and makeup and clothes and stuff as a way to start things and find themselves along this journey of being like, actually, I'm here because of these other reasons. And they end up someplace else. Jiggly Caliente. Um, I don't know if Peppermint started just doing drag and came out as trans or came out as trans and then started doing drag. I wouldn't say that. But I would but I do believe Peppermint has talked about how this entire journey drag helped her along on her on her journey. I mean, there's a lots of people like this. So I wanted to check and see if James was one of those people. Maybe James isn't James anymore. I tried. I got to the to where I Googled Elaine Lancaster and it just showed me some tweets about how it's okay for Ted Cruz to work from home, remote work, not work from home because if he worked from home, he would have been here in Texas with us, but to remote work in Cancun, how um, some racist things about uh, Kamala Harris, just some stuff like that. And I was like, oops, I don't want to go here. I didn't even click on it. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm straight on this. Which brings me, like, we're going to talk about later in this episode, not even this episode, the next episode about this Seder. But if they were to reboot Real Housewives of Miami, you know, even in 2011, I mean, politics, we're, everything's always political. It just depends on what you're going to do about it or how deep you want to be in it. In 2011, uh, they had an opportunity to get very political on this show and they didn't really, okay? But in 2021, if they reboot Real Housewives of Miami, what will we get? And I know there's people just like, well, um, they they do it in other Southern states like Atlanta and other Southern cities like Atlanta. Atlanta's full of black women. It's a different type of politics you get there. What about Dallas? Guys, they had to fire someone for racist comments on Dallas. There, I, 
I would, I would assume they cut a lot of things out of Dallas. I, and the shit with Leanne on Dallas, I bet they've cut out a lot of things over on Leanne. Over the, the what was she on, three seasons? You know, and, and, and it might have been fine for editors because, um, you know, she was punching a trolley and shit. You know, there's plenty of other, braiding glasses, there's plenty of other stuff to put on there. In fact, at the reunion, the ladies, the other ladies on the cast said they didn't think it was going to hit the air. That what Leanne was saying was going to get in the air. Which, what does that make, what does that tell us? That they cut a lot of shit like that out. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know what we get in, in Miami. And I think people think of Miami as a very liberal city. And I think it can be liberal socially. But I think that... um. I think Miami is a city of very rich. There's a lot of immigrants. It's a melting pot. And that it would surprise you what type of politics some of these white Cubans have. I mean, it wouldn't surprise you, but it would, but it might surprise some of us. Um, Not me, (laughs) some other people. Kid Fury talks about his Miami all the time. And the racism, the rampant racism and the rampant um haves versus the have not Miami is a a very segregated divided place um and so if they want to reboot Real Housewives of Miami I really wonder what the fuck they're gonna get you know they had to cut that chick out of Utah this year out of the Real Housewives of uh Salt Lake City this year because bitch was in favor of the insurrection. Um, and I like, listen, I, in terms of like conservative politics, can, can we, can we have housewives with conservative politics? We already do. And we have for a very long time. The question is like, are they going to get on TV and say something offensive about the majority of us watching it? You know, a Kelly Dodd situation. Um, the OC girls have always been conservative. Uh, so like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we can't watch conservative housewives. We absolutely can. The question is, can we get a housewife? I mean, the Beverly Hills girls, like, can we get a housewife from Miami that is going to be interesting on screen but also not so interesting that we're going to boycott the show. You know what I'm saying here? I don't know. They had a fucking conservative drag queen on in 2011. So we'll see. But I'll back to what I was saying. I don't believe Mama Elsa doesn't understand what's going on with James. I still don't know what James's gender identity is. I don't. I. But on the on what I'm watching. James has been introduced as James who plays a drag queen named Elaine Lancaster. And that's how I'm going to treat it. I mean, that's how I'm going to treat the situation until for until I know further. Uh, we get a scene with Marta moving back in with Joanna and Roman. I'm sure she was gone for like two fucking weeks. Marta comes in like, girl, at Lisa's house, it was so peaceful and calm and I didn't have to worry about y'all arguing. I was like, is this how you're going to show back up, Marta? <laughs> Roman wants Marta to come home and cook. And she's like, fine, I'll cook. Do we want Marta to cook? Is Marta a good cook? Wasn't she sitting over there uh, with Joanna calling Al Dente, Ali Dente? Wasn't that her? What does Marta cook? 
I want to know. I want to know. It also surprises me that Joanna doesn't cook because Joanna essentially was, she took care of Marta all her, all her life um, as her mom had to work and stuff when they came to America. And so I find it interesting that Joanna can't even make anything. Usually when you're put in that position as a child, you... I'm not saying you're an amazing cook, but you are some, but you can like figure it out. And it seems like Joanna is like absolutely not at home in the kitchen. That's interesting. So they're all going to this party for a shoe designer. Um, and it's important because at this party, we meet Lauren Foster. Lauren Foster is a socialite and a model and also transgender. Um, and I find it interesting that in 2011, we had a trans side character on Miami. I didn't remember, I didn't remember that. There's a lot of shit in these next couple episodes I don't remember. But so Lauren has come to the party and, you know, I don't like Elaine. I don't like James. So Lauren proceeds to drag James. And I thought that was, that I enjoyed it because I don't like him. Um, Lauren says that Elaine doesn't wear vintage. She wears used clothing. They spend a lot of time talking shit about James, but he's a liar. About Marisol's there too, enjoying the shit talking. Um, but he's a liar and attention freak. And, and she said, Lauren said, he's told more lies than I've had hot dinners, which is a delightfully old fashioned way to be mean about somebody. <laughs> Nobody says <laughs> Portia is not gonna yell at Kendra at Kenya. You've had more, you've told more lies than I've had hot dinners. That's not <laughs> I I just enjoy it because I also enjoy old people being shady. So I just love that. I just I just loved when Lauren said that. Um But really Lauren does not take her foot off of James's neck. It says Basically says James is inconsequential and doesn't matter to us or it shouldn't matter to you either. I was like, damn, that's like, I mean, again, it's not like screaming your titties are saggy and fuck you, bitch. You know, this isn't the bad girls club, but that is such a small way to cut somebody. You do not matter to anyone here. Um, all right. So here comes Elaine. And it is Elaine, not James, because as almost always, uh, James shows up the filming as Elaine. It's a party though. And also Elaine is on the clock. Uh, Elaine's going to be hosting. So I understand why, I understand why we're in drag right now. But, you know, comes in, Elaine tell, talks to uh, Lisa Black, Leah Black and goes, um, I'm going to confront Marisol today. And... <laughs> Listen, I fully believe Leah Black prods on James. Like I said, James gives me a candy-coated click um, vibe. And that when we're all alone, Leah's saying one thing. But when we get in front of cameras, Leah's like, well, I don't know. What do you think, James? Like that. You know, which... To be fair, that's how I play it too. I think a lot about that season of Beverly Hills where um, Yolanda Hadid Foster 
had um, the Lyme disease uh, season. And I too would have had a lot of fucking questions about Yolanda being sick. I would have. I wouldn't have said any of them on camera. There's no way. There's no way you could get me on camera being like, that bitch ain't sick. There's no way. Because here's the thing. If I show up on camera and I'm like, Yolanda's sick and I choose to believe Yolanda and I'm just nice to you, you know, I'm just like not starting a fight with a person who tells me that they're ill. If later on it turns out that she isn't ill, well, then I still get to look good because I'm like, well, I believed her. So like, there's no, there's no downside to me just being like, well, she said she's ill and I choose to believe There's no downside to it. I don't care what cute little conversation we had on the side. There's no, you wouldn't get a text message. You couldn't get a voice note from me. You couldn't, you couldn't get anything from me. I would just be like, "Uh uh-huh. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to be on camera saying that. I'm just not. Um, so like I, that like the way Candy plays it, the way Leah is playing it right now, the way a lot of these motherfuckers play it, that's how I do it. So I'm like, it's not that I'm like, oh, you're a terrible person. I'm telling you as a viewer, I don't want to watch side characters go after main characters when it's very obvious that side character, that they, that a main, another main character, like put the battery in the bag. I did not like Brandy and Lisa Vanderpump together. I really didn't. Uh, It just, it, it appeals to, I just don't think it's a fair thing. And I understand that like not everything in life is fair, but I'm just telling you how I feel. So, you know, I, at this point, it feels like Leah wants, does not want James to have this, this altercation here at this party. It feels like Leah's like, I'm kind of, I, I don't want to do this right now. Um, she'd be fine to go to a lunch and yell, but like, we're not right now. And you could see it in her face. Um, but she does ask Elaine, like, why do you need to do this right now? And it turns out that Marisol had some communication. I don't know if it's a phone call or through text with the host of this party. And told that person that not to hire Elaine and that Elaine's going to bring the brand down or whatever. The host during the walkthrough yesterday told James and in case you're a mama else out there, James and Elaine are the same person. Elaine thinks she's being bullied. Now, you guys know how I feel about adults bullying adults. That doesn't happen unless it's Kara bullying me. But other than that, adults with the same amount of power, I, adults don't bully each other. Adults abuse power dynamics. Those are separate things. Bullying is for children. And so, like, I don't think Elaine's being bullied. I do think, do I believe that Marisol told uh, the host not to hire James? Yes, I do. I think Marisol is one of those people that does things in quiet. But when Elaine goes over to Marisol, Marisol obviously looks like, oh my fucking God, what's going on? Marisol always looks like, I don't know, she looks like a bunny in a trap. She's always like, what? What? And it's to, to the point that Jane, that Elaine says, 
take a deep breath, calm down. I'm not here to attack you. Like, why do you have to, re if she did something to you, why are we reassuring her? Because she look, because she looks so weak. She looks, and so because of this, because Elaine has a strong personality, is seven feet tall because she is a man in heels. She's a drag queen. She's got a fucking wig that touches the sky that, that, She's got a wig so high, it gets in the way of God watching television. That's a big wig, and she's very tall. Like, so we see this large personage confronting a small woman who looks like she's about to be beaten. This is why Leah didn't want you to do it, because the optics are off. It looks bad. You know, it, it just, they, you know, they go back and forth, and Marisol runs off. And it's just not fun, like... Like I said, I believe Marisol has done what he said. I believe Marisol talks shit about James. I also think James talks a lot of shit about Marisol. And so I'm not sure. At this point, I don't necessarily think James is a victim. I've watched you on camera, James, talk about how Marisol is drunk all the time. I've watched you go over there to fuck around with Mama Elsa. And make fun of her accent and shit. I've like, it doesn't seem like you're a victim. It seems like you're an active participant in this. And when you guys are in the same room, it looks like you look physically intimidating. And I also, as a person who can be intimidating, I get that. People have called me intimidating when I'm doing nothing but like giving you straight talk. And asking you to respect boundaries and also acting, asking you not to talk to me any kind of way. And people have been like, well, she was being mean. I was being, you think I'm being mean because I didn't give you what you wanted. That's how it works. People always think you're being difficult when I, like, am I being difficult or did you not get what you wanted from me? Sometimes it's the same thing. So I get that. I'm like, I don't want, like, I don't want people to think I'm automatically against James. I don't like James, but if... Objectively, when I look at this, I understand that something has happened. What I am saying is that the optics of this, like I'm usually right when it comes to my children, just I'm also not going to scream at them in the middle of a target. My, my husband was like mad at one of the kids or something. And he was like fussing. And I was like, actually, we don't have to do this right here. You don't have to like, we don't have to do all this. Like there are optics of this and people walking by do not realize what has happened. You can be right, but you can also be wrong at the same time. And I just feel like Elaine was wrong right now. Lauren gets into it too. My new favorite person, Lauren. And Elaine looks at Lauren and goes, nobody wanted you here, Lauren. And Lauren said, you, no, you definitely wanted me here. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I, but it, you know, it was, it was somebody yelling at Elaine and I liked it. Eventually, Leah Black yells at Elaine to stop. And Elaine runs off to go MC. Listen, Elaine's not good at MCing. I'm watching. I'm listening. Not good. Shouldn't have hired her. I don't come for me, James. I didn't do it. This is looks like some lackluster MCing. How much did you get paid? Karen is just happy the drama isn't about her. I feel that Karen. <laughs> Anna feels like Marisol needs to put on her big girl panties and like handle this. She, but I think the reason Anna's talking head is saying this is for something that happens later. So we'll get to that. 
So Karen's having a dinner party at Thomas, uh, it's okay. Thomas Kramer's house. Remember he's that rich guy in real estate that everybody kind of knows. And Karen kind of invited herself over there to have a dinner party and invited these people who have known him for two decades to go. And they're all upset about it. What it is, is that they've all had some relationship with Thomas, who is a big mover and shaker and a name. And the problem is that like, Karen is an outsider. Karen just showed up. Karen looks like she's trying to get in good with this person because he's a name. And they all feel resentful of it. And she called, but Karen, you know, Karen can't read a fucking room. Karen calls to invite everyone to the party because she wants to get their known well. And again, I keep saying this, but the real reason this party is happening is so someone will film it. And you need to invite these girls so that Bravo will film it. Um, or the production company will film it. I mean, most of the people she calls are like, uh, hey, Karen, how'd you get this number? Like she's a telemarketer or something. And Karen just smiles and moves forward. There, there is something incredibly annoying about that. So Adriana and Frederick go to check out the boat. I forgot all about this damn boat, even though the first two episodes of this of this season of Bi Pumpkin was me going on and on about this fucking boat and the piano on the boat. I forgot the boat even fucking existed. <laughs> I know it's not a boat. I guess it's a yacht. Um, she's saying taking forever for it to get finished, but she's fine with that because once it gets finished, they're going to get married and she's fine. If that takes a while. Um, she did bring a Brazilian flag to hang on the boat. So there you go. And that's all you need to know about that. Karen and her mama show up to Thomas's house and her mama's in love with Thomas. I think Karen's mom's a star fucker too because why is she so thrilled with Thomas? It's weird. You her you could see the spot on her dress where her pages got wet. It was it was too much. Um everyone starts to show up. Lisa Leah Black brings Roy, which is I was shocked. Roy looks so much older than her. Cause she's a little, she's gotten to a certain age and he, he looks like, he looks like he tried out to be Ichabod Crane in a place somewhere. He's so tall and sickly looking. I don't, but I'm not the only one who's surprised he's there. Thomas is like, Oh, you, you're here. Huh? Um, then Joanna and Roman show up and Adriana is like, don't let me kiss you. Hello. People think I'm flirting with you. And Karen here overhears her and tells it to Joanna. And this is part of the reason people don't like Karen. There's no need for you to say this right now. There really isn't. Was it necessary for Adriana to say that? Sure. But you telling Joanna escalates it. Always, you're, I'm surprised I didn't have a fight that night. Escalates everything. And Karen is an escalator, but she claims she's just trying to be a friend. But she's an escalator who then stands in the kitchen while Joanna runs down the hallway to hit well, to get slapped by Adriana. Also, Adriana, you were floating with Roman. Roll back the fucking tape. You were all over. He seemed uncomfortable. If the genders were switched, we'd be like, what a piece of shit. Leave that lady alone. That's, she's, you're smiling. He's like not even looking at you. So yeah, maybe you shouldn't kiss him. Maybe you should leave him alone. And I'm not necessarily, well, let me take, I was about to say I'm not a jealous person. I am a jealous person. I get jealous all the time. I'm not necessarily jealous about my husband at all. Like, nobody's gonna put up with his shit, guys. He ain't going nowhere. 
he's probably only got two years left in his life. He keeps falling out of the attic. I'm not really worried about him going anywhere. But do I like it when people are, are complimenting my husband? No, not at all. Do I like it when someone's like, oh, I need to get your number to my, like a friend of mine will be like, I need to get your number um, to my husband to talk to him about someone. I'm like, I'm not giving you my husband's phone number. Why? This is inappropriate. And I'm, I just, no. <laughs> um, and if one of his friends texts me and want to talk to me, I'd be like, why? What do we, what do we got to talk about? We're friendly in person, but there's no, 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 no. And so if someone told me, if someone told me that when I wasn't somewhere, someone was flirting with my husband, I wouldn't necessarily be like super upset with them. I'd be like, oh, look at you getting all the ladies. But do I need to see you like kissing all over my husband? No, not really. Not really. Not at all. Um, I I think it's appropriate for Adriana not to put her hands on Roman. That's fine. And yeah, I think that's fine. Adriana, you wouldn't want someone doing that shit to, to Frederick, so stop. Um, what else? Okay, so they all sit down to dinner. At this point, Joanna invites everyone to Bimini, which I guess... Is in the Bahamas. I don't know where I thought Bimini was. I had never been nowhere, guys. So <laughs> I guess it's in the Bahamas, but it's very close. So she tells everyone she invited Elaine so that so that Marisol and he can work it out. And she also says that she and Adriana are gonna work things out. She's basically inviting everyone to a fight on an island that you can't get off. Which is a no for me, dog. But okay. I mean, you guys have contracts. So at some point, Roman has a meeting to get to. It's the middle of the night. I don't know what meeting he's talking about, but he tells Joanna and Joe, and then he goes over, which is a polite thing to do, to the host, um, Thomas and Karen, and says, I'm sorry, I have a meeting I have to get to. I hope to be back. It's an, you know, I, it's an emergency. I don't know. How's a meeting an emergency? A meeting's pre-planned. What does that mean? Um, but he'll be back by dessert. So he leaves. Um, I recently, on TMZ, almost right before I did this, I saw where a plastic surgeon was supposed to go to Zoom court to fight a traffic ticket. By the way, you, in most cases, you don't have to go to court for a traffic ticket. You either pay it or you go to court to fight it. So, but he chose to fight it. And zoomed in and came, zoomed in the court, the Zoom session, while doing surgery. Why? These stunts, shows, and shenanigans, okay? Like, if you, then you shouldn't have scheduled your surgery at this time. That's, you shouldn't have scheduled it. If you, if you had something else on your, on your list, on your uh, calendar, like going to court. Even if it's Zoom court. And the guy, I guess, emphasized that there was another person in the room doing the surgery. And I'm like, dude. I would have ruled. If I was the judge, I would have been like, guilty. Pay the, pay the man. Then I would have added some fines to it. And I, because it's stupid. That's stupid. And that's how I feel about Roman with this meeting. Like, dude, either go to your meeting or come here. But you can't do both at the same. What, why are you doing this? Is it because Joanna wants you to? Is it because Bravo's making? What's what's going on here? 
but he goes. And once people realize that he's gone, they ask about it and he, she says, oh, it's drama at work. It's a meeting. And they say the same thing I say. A meeting is not like drama at work. It's just work. So like, you know, they give, and then Thomas says something like, oh, is he cheating on you? Which is a rude thing to say, but Joanna also took it rough because he's cheating on her. <laughs> or even if you believe the best case scenario, he is, they've had some drama in their relationship. So, you know, you know, Thomas goes on. He's like that. Joanna says that, uh, Roman's job is hard and, and Thomas is like twerking with waitresses and getting paid money to get, so people can get the best tables is hard. Does that even work? Um, Joanna's getting mad and Karen is like, do you hear this, Joanna? And Joanna's like, I'm trying not to hear it. She's upset. Um, and she feels like Karen should have stood up for her and Roman instead of like yakety yakking with Thomas. And then we see a small conversation where Adriana reminds Marisol that Joanna is going to invite James Elaine to, to it. So they should so, to this thing in Bimini so they could work things out on the island. And Marisol says, no, she's not doing that. Which is exactly what I would say too. Like we don't need to go to an island to fight. If I wanted to fight with you, I could do this anywhere. And at this point, Lydia Black gets in and she's like, excuse me, why aren't you going? And Marisol says something incredibly truthful and correct. And that we are not friends. We haven't, we've never been friends. We don't need to do all that. And I was like, okay, smart. Like we're acquaintances and we can agree to be polite to each other and not talk shit about each other, but we don't need to go to an island to fight it out. Like, what is the name of that fucking movie? Fuck, what is that movie? I cannot remember it. It's where everyone flies into an island to fight people. It's not Street Fighter, is it? No, it's not. It's <sighs> Dead or Alive. That's what it is. It's called Dead or Alive. I just looked this shit up. Um... Some martial this is some shit that I would have to watch with my husband in the middle of the fucking night. So but anyway, that I don't need to do this. Um Leah says, Well, you've hurt his feelings or you know, you've done things to him that need to be resolved. And Marisol says, No, no, she hasn't. And Leah says, There's I think there's evidence otherwise. And Marisol says she just thinks that he does this for attention and they start to argue and Anna kind of gets into it too. And Anna is talking about whether Anna's bringing up something that I wanted to hear more about, but I did not get to hear because she and Thomas start fighting, but she's saying something like, so someone is obviously lying because there are text messages that show this and this mysterious phone call. They say that happened. There's no proof of that. And I'm like, I wanted to know who she's talking about and what she's talking about because I want to see the text messages. I want to see the text messages and I want to see if she texts the woman, don't hire James, then Marisol, you are telling people not to hire him. Now, if you feel like James is someone people shouldn't hire, it is your right to say that. Like, I don't necessarily think that's, that's a bad thing for you to be doing, but you can't say that you weren't saying it if I have text messages of you saying it. You know, so I, I wanted to hear that. But what's going on is Thomas doesn't like this fight. Thomas doesn't like what they're saying. And so he interrupts Anna and tells her to just be quiet. And 
I'm just like, you ain't my daddy. We're not. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to stop talking just because you want me to. And Thomas is like, this is my home. This is my party. And if I want you to give me the floor, you need to give me the floor. I think they're both correct. I think he. I think Thomas is really rude. And I. And like I said, I think Thomas is living a Scott Storch life. I think Thomas is probably on cocaine. He's. <laughs> Thomas is probably drunk. I. I just think he's like erratic for a reason. Okay, and. Him just getting highly upset about this is weird. He keeps saying things about his friend. I'm not going to have you talk about my friends and neighbors. And keep in mind, Thomas lives on Star Island, right? So we talked about Star Island and how Lenny and them just bought something on Star Island. Um, uh, Leah Black and 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 that dead guy that she carries around pretends is her husband. Um just bought something on Star Island. He keeps saying neighbors. Like, I it was strange to me. But I understand what he's saying. That like, hey, I don't want the party to go in this direction. I don't want you guys arguing down there about stuff like that. But I also think he's incredibly rude. And I too, is on, you can't tell, I'm, I'm grown. You can't tell me to stop talking. You can, if you were a good host, you could... You could turn the conversation elsewhere, but you can't physically stop me from talking because you don't want me to talk about this thing. Um, so Thomas says he cooked all day and they didn't help and they better not ruin it with bad, bad conversation. And then he looks at Lenny and goes, Lenny, let's talk about boobs. And he's, and he's like, how many did you do today? And then he says, you know, Lisa didn't do anything. But like stuff her, her boobs into that dress. <laughs> and Anna says, can you guys spell misogyny? Plot twist, none of them can. And she says, she's a less intelligent person for having come there. She's losing brain cells by the minute. And Thomas says, well, who invited you? Which is a cold thing to say. It's a small thing. And I understand that like, I'm just saying that quiet, he wasn't even yelling. He just goes, who invited you? Like, <laughs> Like, bitch, we had to set an extra table. We didn't even know you were coming. <laughs> that's, that's, it's cold. Um, and Anna says, no one, and gets up and leaves. And Joanna says, sorry, Karen, I have to go. Because Joanna is still simmering over the Roman might be cheating on you. She, she turned his ear talking shit about Roman, but he's not really talking shit about Roman. He's talking shit about you, girl. He's, He's not saying anything bad about Roman. He's insinuating that Roman doesn't want you. He's cheating on you. But she's been letting that simmer since this whole fight started. And now she's ready to go. So she gets up. Can't runs can't runs after them. You know. And it's like, and and they're like, we're leaving, we're leaving. Joanna's crying. This is another thing where I feel like Joanna's drunk. Or maybe Joanna's, you know what? Let me take that back. Because when Joanna's drunk, I think it's a little more obvious than this. I think Joanna's really sensitive about things. I She's probably going through a hard time in her life. And, and so that's why she's crying. She, you know, and the alcohol doesn't help. So she's crying about things. She's, you know, 
And I bet she's like, maybe Roman is shitty on me. It's possible. He probably is. So she's crying. Anna is this. <laughs> Anna's on the curb calling my, Mark, her ex, not her boyfriend, her ex-husband, to come pick her up. And the way they have her on that curb, looking like me in the 90s trying to get my mom to pick me up from a sleepover, I swore to God I was going to stay over for her. I just didn't do sleepovers, guys. I rarely, I think I got, in the 7th and 8th grade, we went to a little island. I don't know if you guys remember that book, Jacob Have I Loved. Um, it was set on an island in the Chesapeake Bay, and we went to that island we did shit like that and and we were there for a few days. I think we went I we went, we went to like a camp thing for a week. We had really good we had really good uh field trips in that school. We went to like a um a camp for a week. We did things like that and I did survive those things, but those those were incredible exceptions. I must have really wanted to go. Um I went to a very small school in my middle school years and like there were eight kids in the eighth grade and like not going to these things would have like made me stick out terribly, you know? So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how I convinced myself to do it. It was rough though. Um, but yeah, like I did not survive lock-ins at the youth activity center. I didn't do sleepovers. My mom wasn't really a sleepover type bitch. Um, she she just didn't believe in that type of stuff. And although she definitely wanted nights off from us, but she just didn't really believe in sleepovers. And even in Girl Scouts, like, I just, I would lie. My mom would be like, I'm going to drop you off at this Girl Scout sleepover at this camp out in the backyard of the Girl Scout leader. And you're going to spend the night? And I'd be like, yes, I'm going to spend the night. Why are you even talking to me like that? Why are you trying to play me like a soybean burger? I'm going to spend the night and she'd be like okay we pack all my little shit up and they get out there and we you know we do the activities before you spend the night you know we make s'mores and run around and start to get dark I start to see shadows on the trees I start to get real nervous and then they'd be like um all right let's go to sleep and I'd be like somebody needs to take me home somebody needs to take me home and they'd be like, no, 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 just go to sleep. No, mm-mm, no, no, mm-mm, call my mama. And that's what I look like. She looked like me being like, like calling, having to call my mom and being like, listen, I know you thought you had a night off and you're at a fucking club or whatever, but you need to get your ass over here and get me because I tried, didn't work out, and now it's time to go home. And so, <laughs> I really just didn't. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't, and it wasn't like an attachment to my mother in that way, although I was very attached to my mother. When my mom was in the height of her drug addiction and she was homeless, the reason I was homeless is because I did not want to, I I had a place to stay. My step-grandma, I could stay with her. I could have went to school, no big deal. She didn't beat, I didn't like her, but she didn't beat us or anything. She fed us, it, it would have been fine. My brother stayed there. I couldn't do it. I absolutely couldn't do it. But... And so, although I was attached to my mom in that way, these sleepover things weren't like that. If my mom were gone for the night, I would have been okay. I wanted to be at home. Um, and even in high school, when I would so, go on sleepovers, what would happen is I would just go home at two o'clock in the morning. Like when everyone was finally settling down to like go to fucking sleep, I'd be like, well, 
you know, my friend would be like, come on, make a space on the waterbed. She had a fucking waterbed. It was so fucking weird. I'd be like, all right, well, looks like the sleepover is over. I'll just be walking home. And I would. I would just go home because I could not. This is not my deal. Every now and then I could spend a night at a relative's house. Relatives, I could I could get through it. My parents once went out of town. They, I think they went to the Bahamas when I was like in the eighth grade. And they were, they were like, you can't stay home by yourself. Even though I stayed home by myself all the time. I was like, well, what, what do you want? I, like, I don't understand why I can't just stay home by myself and eat Hot Pockets. It's not a big deal. And they were, and we had a back neighbor who they were friends with. And they were like, you need to sleep over there. And I try. I used to babysit their kid too. So I like, I, was, I don't hate them. So like, I went to sleep in the bed. And I like told myself I was going to do it. I, I, was, I laid down to go to sleep in that bed. And I popped up. It was like one o'clock in the morning. They were all asleep and I just got up and walked home, like went through their backyard and went back and got in my bed and went to sleep. And the next morning, um, my mom's calling the house phone and I answered it and she goes, but I asked you to stay over there. And I was like, I tried, I went to sleep there, but I couldn't stay asleep there. I had to come home. And the, so weird because the houses were really close together. The room I was supposed to sleep in and my actual bedroom were very close together. Like if I had climbed out the window and climbed in my window, which I used to do all the time, so stupid, <laughs> for no reason, no reason at all. Um, if I had done that, I don't know. I may have, I may have taken 10, 15 steps to do it. it. They were very close, but there's a difference between their bed and my bed. And so yeah, honestly, there I was just like, oh my god. So many memories of me sitting on a curb, calling my mom and her on the other end going, no, no, you said, you said, you said, when I said you could go do this, you would stay. And me being like, didn't work out, bitch. Come get me. Come get me now. <laughs> Come get me now. It's about to be a problem. Come get me. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, a lot of them don't feel like Anna has a right to be upset or that Joanna has a right to be upset. Lisa is basically like, if you're at Thomas Kramer's house, you have to play by his rules. Uh, Leah Black says that they're rude. Not her. Not, um, not, uh, not Thomas, that they're the rude ones. And I mean, Adriana says they just don't understand, understand him. I don't know. It feels like, so here we are blaming Karen for being a star fucker, right? Someone who just always has to, you know, is just looking for the most famous person in the room to use them as a, so to socially climb and shit. Fine. We're all blaming her, but it, there is something that feels star fuckery about Leah, Adriana and Lisa too, that, they're like, he's a big deal. He's a very rich man. And you're supposed to let him say whatever he wants to to you. So. Joanna ends up coming back. Because she says that if Roman hears about her having another fight somewhere, he's going to be very upset. I don't know. I guess Joanna, <laughs> I guess Joanna's used up all her fights this season. 
And when she comes back, she says, Roman loves, she says to Thomas, she says, Roman loves you and you just can't talk shit about my fiance. She's still crying. And Thomas yells, are you insane? Like, he is, there's something wrong with him. You know, what a lot of people would do if they had made those jokes and Joanna had gotten weepy about it or sensitive, as Karen tells Thomas, they would have said, Joanna, even if they didn't particularly care, like a lot of people were like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, was, I didn't mean anything by it. That's like someone who actually cared about how Joanna feel. People who didn't care how Joanna feel would still say something like, oh, I was just joking, man. Take a joke. It's fine. Screaming, are you insane? Is, is, <laughs> I just, <sighs> I don't know. And like in dispersed with this shit, he's like eating soup. It, it just seemed... So, Leah Black stands up with her drink and goes, I'm not going to criticize anyone. I'm not going to stand for anybody criticizing Thomas Kramer in his own house. It's rude. I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> um, he's only been gracious and wonderful as a host. <laughs> Leah's always on the wrong side of history. And Mama Elsa tells Leah Black to calm down. Right, and Thomas Dane starts getting mad because because Mama Elsa's like she you can't see me but she's like doing that thing where you put your hands where you're telling someone to lower or to calm like yeah you're she's gesturing for her to calm down and she's like shh calm calm and Thomas gets all upset and he says he yells at her I know you're close to your expiration date but can you shut up and leave my guest alone. And then they get into it. And he's kind of, she's like, when Marisol explained that Mama Elsa and Thomas had known each other for about 18 years and that she's like a mom to him. I was like, they're not the same age. <laughs> I thought she was like, I thought he was in his 70s too, but maybe not. So she's like in her 70s. Maybe Thomas is in his 50s, late 40s, early 50s. And because Marisol's like, he's like a crazy stepbrother to me. So... I guess Mama Elsa's like, I've come to, to, you know, explain that he needs to stop. You know, like, she's she feels like the elder in the room. And so she's standing there, like, kind of looking at him and stuff and, like, telling him to stop. And he's like, if you want to be treated like a lady, you need to act like a lady. And I'm not going to stand for talking badly about my friends and neighbors. And he says, sit down and shut up or get out. And Mama Elsa leaves, which is what I would do too. I'm not, what? What else is it just sit here with a mush mouth for the rest of this fucking thing? Get the fuck out. All right, I'll leave. I mean, I'm always ready to leave anywhere. I'm so, no big deal. So, Adriana comes out with Mama Elsa and says, you don't have to be sorry anymore because he kicked out Elsa too. <laughs> Marisol is out there with Anna and like Joanna's getting her right. Mama Elsa's leaving and she's she's like, whatever, they didn't they didn't even have a stupid tablecloth for that table. <laughs> love, love, love. Housekeeping shade. <laughs> whatever. Their how their their welcome mat was too small. 
that whole remember when Marlo told Portia that her welcome mat was too small and Par and Portia was crying. She wasn't crying about the welcome mat. She was crying because that was her redemp not redemption. That was her punishment season after she had after she dared to go on TV to say that uh Candy wanted to rape her in a dungeon. <laughs> she shouldn't have used the word raped. If she had said I heard that you wanted me to come back and fuck you in the dungeon. Then Candy would have been like, yeah, sometimes we do want to fuck you <laughs> or whatever. And that would, if she hadn't said the word rape, because rape means something different than what Portia was trying to say. If she didn't say raped. It would have been, but because she said that and she stood fast that whole fucking season and let Portia tell her shit like that Candy was plotting on raping her and shit and and said the shit on camera and said all kinds of stuff and said that Candy was going to drug her. <sighs> Portia, you know what? I'm not going to say that because that's not how I like to talk about rape. I'm sorry. But that, I was about to say some mean shit about Portia that would have been contradictory to how I feel people should talk about rape. So not going to say it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do better. I'm, even though I didn't do it, I'm still going to do better. So, so this was the season after where Portia was kind of on punishment. And so she's still on the show and she handled herself beautifully on this punishment season, but she's still on the show. But what happens is people get to talk shit about her and get to be like you, like everyone's fighting with her on Candy's behalf. Another reason I do not like Candy. I am probably one of the only Candy Burris haters in the fucking world. Because she's generally a good housewife. Um, she's got a a good personality. I don't think she really fucking bothers with people. She She's successful. Um, I admire her work ethic. I like Candy. I don't like Candy Burris on The Housewives. I fucking hate her on The Housewives. Is she the most relatable? Yeah, I relate to her. But the one reason I don't like her is because she lets everyone else fight her battles. And I will never fucking respect her. Because of her fucking mama. And you know what? Cara Berry on her Patreon, Everyone's Business But Mine, is doing wedding episodes. And she went and redid uh, Candy's wedding special, wedding like spinoff. It's like, I want to say it's four episodes. And listening to it, I'm getting mad again. I am so fucking angry with the way Candy interacts with her mother. And interacts with the world around her. She knows her mother's in the wrong and refuse. And even though every now and then she's like, mama, stop. She does not. She's always protecting her mom from people. She's like, well, you ain't gonna say that about my mama. No, no, you let your mama talk all kinds of shit about me. Now I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want to about your fucking mama. I don't care about your mama. I don't give a fuck about Aunt Bertha. I don't, <laughs> like, like, I would fight Candy over her mother. You cannot let your mother run up and down these streets doing whatever the fuck she wants. And then when I say something back to her, it's a fucking problem. I, it's that. And she just gets under my skin with the way that she allows people around her to fight her battles. And it just bothers me. But anyway, Kara's doing a great job on that. You guys should go listen to it. She's, she is pointing out all the points I would like to point out. And I didn't know if I could listen to it because I know Kara is a Candy Burris apologist. I know she is. I know she is. <laughs> but it's fine. She's being very fair in this review. What the fuck was I talking about? I don't even fucking remember. 
Oh, 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 because I was thinking about Porsche. I was thinking about Marlo going after Porsche over that fucking welcome mat. I love, I love shade like that. I love when somebody's dissing your dust ruffle. <laughs> Something petty like that. Let's keep it, let's keep it small and petty. <laughs> um. So yeah, like they're, they're outside and Mama Elsa's leaving. This is before Uber, so they're really waiting for rides and stuff. And Mama Elsa has a driver though, so... She's taking Marisol, Mama Elsa, and Joanna's going to get in the car with them. And on, they want Anna to get in the car too, but Anna's already got Mark coming. And so Marisol says she's going to wait with her. And Anna is kind of saying, like, I really wish you stood up for me in there. And Marisol says, I'm out here with you. I'm here with you, blah, blah, blah. And Anna's like, you know, to the talking head especially, she's like, you know, she... She didn't stand up for me in front of Thomas. You know, it was only after Mama Elsa got ejected that that anything mattered. And basically she calls her a weak bitch in the in the in the confessional. Um so we hit the next next episode and Leah Black is throwing a birthday party for RJ at the Star Island house. She says that house needs a lot more work than she thought it was gonna be, but it's good for the party. Um Lisa shows up. I don't know what the fuck she's doing there except for Bravo shit because I don't believe I should go to a birthday party unless one, I am a child, a, a child's birthday party, unless I am a child myself. Two, I am escorting a child to this child's birthday party. Or three, I have some connection to this child that precludes me being a child. I think random adults, just like you can't get into Chuck E. Cheese without a child, you shouldn't be able to get in the, the kids' birthday parties without a child. I just, I don't, at least there's no reason for you to be there. You don't know anybody. It's a child's birthday party. It's boring. Um, James shows up. So is Alexia. Same reason for them. I, I understand that we're all here so that Bravo will film this, but no, 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 thank you. They talk about that shoe party some more. And the host of that shoe party is also there. Her name is Lisa too, but I just keep calling her the shoe party host. Um, and she's very good friends with James. And she's reiterating that Marisol text her and try to get her not to have James at her party. Um, you know, and everyone's asking when they're going to talk about it. Um, there's a scene with Anna and her daughters, but I don't like her kids. So I'm going to move on with that. Lenny's parents are coming. Uh, Lisa's nervous. Her in-laws are Russian. Um, and they, you know... Uh, they have a key to their home. They come in wherever the fuck they want. They inspect it. They give out orders to the, to the staff. And that's a no for me, dog. One of the reasons, oh, I keep my, my doors locked at all times anyway. Cause you guys don't know. I don't even want people to know where I live. But when I used to live near my in-laws, they didn't have keys to our house, but they just had no problem coming in. And I'd just be like, how did you get in here? And they'd be like, oh, I just opened the door. I was like, did you knock or did I not hear you? No, I didn't knock, girl. I didn't want to bother you. I just came on in. That's a no. No, 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 no. But, you know, that's the that's the relationship she has. Marina, who's her in-law, who's her mother-in-law, comes in and says that she loves Daisy, but just doesn't say it to Lisa. <laughs> I don't know. <It's, laughs> I guess, I guess God doesn't give both hands, Lisa, that you can't get this very rich plastic surgeon who seems to be a nice guy. He seems nice. 
Um, I think Lenny appears on screen the way you want all house husbands to appear on screen and that they are innoxious, that they are quiet. They just seem to be, they smile a lot and they laugh a lot and then they, that's it. But you can't get a guy like that who, who's a great companion to you on this show and not have, and not also get something bad with that. And that includes having a pushy mother-in-law. I hope to God I'm not a pushy mother-in-law. You know, I might be though. No, I'm only going to be an opinionated mother-in-law. I have a lot of fucking opinions. This whole podcast is nothing but opinions and vibes. Just me looking at shit and telling you about my fucking opinion about it. But I hope that I am someone who realizes that like, just because, I don't know. I just feel like, (laughs) I feel like, yo, that one, that dude over there is the one that slid out of your vagina. Not me. Like, why do I have to deal with, with all your drama? I got my own mama to deal with. I don't want to deal with your shit too. And so, like, I feel like, I hope that I'm the type of mother-in-law that's just like, maybe I got some opinions, but I mostly keep them to myself. And I also, we, we don't need to see each other all the time. Yes, I will babysit those children, bring them over. Oh, I would love to, like, save you guys some fucking money by babysitting your kids or whatever. Yes, I would love to have you guys over for dinner. Also... How about you mind your business and I'll mind mine? That's how I feel. <laughs> we'll see. I might be pushy. I might be one of those mother-in-laws that's always like trying to vet people for my kids or whatever. The parents are also really wanting Lenny to have a kid. Um, and Lisa feels like Lenny could leave her if they don't have kids. Again, this is hard to have a lot of stakes in because I know they have two kids now. So, you know, she goes to acupuncture later and to help with the process and I, maybe it did help we also get a throwaway scene with Karen talking about freezing eggs with Rodolfo and she brings up that they had broken up and she's talking about freezing her eggs because she's getting older and that the gynecologist and I don't think it would be the gynecologist that does this but I I think you have to go to a specialist in it but maybe 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 I don't know I've never been in the process maybe you go to a gynecologist who specializes in IVF um but the gynecologist told her that it's more successful if you freeze embryos than eggs which is I believe is true um I've heard that before uh isn't that what Khloe Kardashian's going through <laughs> she wants to freeze some embryos with Tristan's sperm just go ahead Chloe. just go ahead if you're gonna keep fucking him go ahead and have another kid with him fine fine and <laughs> so um and he kisses her, like she starts to cry. She's doing, she's cleaning his teeth while they're having this conversation. How can you have a conversation with someone while you're cleaning their teeth? It's fucking hard. So she says that, you know, she just, she just, um, you know, he, he ends up hugging her and telling her everything's going to be fine. She's like, I just want to know, are you open to having more kids? Now the answer he gives talks about, traveling and with kids and how hard it is but she said more kids he has kids so but he didn't say you know with all the traveling i'm having a hard you know traveling's very hard on when you have kids and you know i'm just trying to keep up with with, with my children as it is and having another child who isn't you know i wouldn't be surprised if his kids don't live in miami so 
I can't imagine having children. They live and each of my children live in different like countries. Even I can't imagine that. But um, I mean, there's he hugs her there and tells her everything's gonna be fine. I, there's no really resolution here, and I don't think Karen has kids. The reason I think about it is because Karen talks. She says, "I know I'm ready to be married. I know I'm ready to have kids," and I just want people who want that to go get that. Like, if you said, I know I'm ready for a chili cheese dog, I'd be like, girl, go get that fucking chili cheese dog. Go get it and bring me one, too. That's what I'd say. I want people to get the things they want, for the most part. And so having her say that here in 2011 and know that in 2021, I don't think she has kids or is married. Are you out here wasting your fucking time with Rodolfo? That's sad. Makes me feel bad for Karen. So James is going to Marisol's office. Actually, Elaine's going to Marisol's office. Again, why are you in drag, James? And Elaine is wearing a shirt blazer with military badges on the left side. And Marisol starts by saying she respects James. When he's dressed up as Elaine, the personality is so strong. And she she tries to speak vaguely about everything, but Elaine is not having it. Marisol's side of the story is that the shoe host said that she was she couldn't afford Elaine and they, that Elaine was charging him. And Marisol suggested Lauren because Lauren wouldn't charge her. Elaine said she's lying. Again, there's an easy way to find this out. Show the fucking text. But whatever. And it doesn't seem like anything's resolved. Right? At this point, like, I don't know what we can resolve. I think we can say I have... I, I can say, listen, I know you and I have gone back and forth and I'm really uninterested in, in hashing everything out, like going blow by blow, step by step, because we have different ideas of what happened. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep your name out of my mouth and you do the same for me. And when we see each other someplace, we'll feel free to say hello and then leave it at that. We don't need to be friends. We don't need to do any of that shit. But... I don't want to hear you saying, I, if I hear about you talking shit about me, I'm going to come punch you in the face. No, <laughs> I don't know what the, what you're going to do because honestly, there's nothing to do. Um, except for what you guys are doing is just talking behind each other's backs. I do not, and confronting, so let's say Maricel is doing all these things, which I think they're at least partially true. James, what are we going to do about it? Every time you see her at a party, run up to her and be like, I heard that you were saying this, that, and the third about me. And she goes, no, I wasn't. And then and then you chase her around the party while she goes, leave me alone. I wasn't saying anything. I, I you, can't, you guys can't see me. I'm shrugging. What, what do we do? I just don't think this is like, I don't think there's anything to be fixed. There's nothing to be fixed. You don't like each other. You don't trust each other. Okay. You don't even, and you don't have to work together. You don't really have to see each other. Not really. Although you guys go to the same things in Miami. I'm sure you go to the same things with everybody. There's lots of people that go to the same parties you go to. Because these aren't intimate, discreet parties. These are blowouts where they invite any fucking body with a pulse. So yeah, when you go, say hello and that is the end of it. And then don't fuck with each other. But I guess we're going to... I don't think this is the end of it. I wish it was the end of it. 
So Joanna and Roman, Lisa and Lenny, Karen and Rodolfo have a triple date. Joanna says that Rodolfo is a hard guy to read. And I get that because every scene he's been in, he's been doing very superficial PR personality. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no way to get to know the guy. He's not being real with you. He's being his brand. He And in fact, he and Karen go together very well. They actually work together very well. Um, so yeah, he is a hard guy to read. And the ladies go to the restroom and the men talk about um, Rodolfo's work. Roman says that he told Joanna if she gets a role, she has to kiss, don't do it. And Rodolfo says that Karen doesn't even look, which is fine. Also, we find out that when Rodolfo and Karen broke, broke up, he met another woman and got engaged. Now, wait a goddamn minute. Karen says they've been together two years with a little break in between. So what I take that to mean is that the total, because you know how people are when they break up and get back together. They'll be like, we've been together 10 years, except we were off for two years here, off for six months there. Then we broke up for for five years. But yeah, it's 10 years altogether. No, it isn't. You guys broke up a bunch of times. It's five years and three months because of the way. <laughs> but I assume that when Karen says, We've been together two years. What she means is the whole span of the time we've been together. Not we were together for a year. We weren't together for two years. And then we were together for another year. That's what I assume. But that can't be true. Because if you guys broke up in two years, okay? In two years. If you had time to break up in that two years. And he got engaged during the break. How long was the break? Six months? I listen. <laughs> I don't like Rodolfo. <laughs> I don't like him. He's too slimy and slippery. It feels like you can never put him down. Feels just no. No to Rodolfo. I understand that he's a catch for Karen because even though like Karen and I talked about this when she was on the show, even though being that he is famous. I'm using bunny ears here. He's famous. But in a very specific way. He doesn't make a ton of money. And yes, he's a nice looking man. But all these things, I, I understand how Karen considers him some, like a desirable partner. I get it. These things don't make up for the fact that it seems like he's pretty fast and loose with what cheating is. And also, the moment we broke up, he met a girl and got engaged to her. When On the bonus series, I talked about couples therapy. And in that, at one of those episodes, John Gosling and his girlfriend Liz, they were talking about how they broke up and she slept with someone. And he, she's like, yeah, we broke up. And I went out on three dates with a dude and slept with them. But you slept with four women and a week after we broke up, someone was living with you. I couldn't have gotten back together with him after that because I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So we just kind of break up and you're just like, I have got to get someone to live with me right now. <laughs> I don't know. Rodolfo is suspect. So over at Adriana's house, Frederick's parents are visiting. Um, this is why it's called Parents Fly South because everybody's parents are visiting. Um, they're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and his mom is wearing a vintage dress 
from her friend, Christian Dior. They're French. They've already fancied the fuck out of me. Like, if I was playing this, I'd be like, let's go to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> but you know what? They would know me by now. They'd know that I'm not fancy. Um, Joanna and Marta's mama shows up too. And Joanna and Roman jump into bed where Marta and her mama are pretending to sleep. Uh, Joanna's mama actually looks a lot like Marta. I can see a little bit of Joanna in her, but it's Marta she looks like. That they look like. They talk about the relationship with Roman. And her mom is is like, you should stop drinking. I don't like you when you're drinking. Joanna, too many people have said you should stop drinking. They also talk about how her parents fought all the time and how Joanna was always the mother of the house. And those things affect the way Joanna approaches relationships. It doesn't affect them the way I thought they would affect them. But there is an effect there. Joanna's like nervous about getting married and she's nervous about committing to Roman in that way. And she's also scared of losing Roman. Um, those are all relatable things. Okay, so then Mark shows up at Anna's house. After, I guess after he picked her up from her from her failed sleepover. And he's bringing checks and she's got his laundry done and he's using his key to get in. I hate this. I fucking hate this. I hate it. And she... Boundaries, bitches. Boundaries. Um, she says that when he goes to dinner with the girls and his girlfriend, he should bring dinner back for her. And he says they are trying to do an enlightened divorce. The people they are with don't get it. And then he says that the girlfriend wants to meet her, but he says no. Like, so what are you talking about? You just said she didn't get it, but she wants to meet. The girlfriend is trying to get involved. Like, ugh. this is what I think Kanye and Kim are going to do to us. They're going to happy blended family us to death. They, like, I get it. Everybody watched Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, and Bruce Willis and their family kind of like blend and just be together all the time and everything. But dude, read the book. It didn't work. It didn't fucking work, guys. Um, It is very possible to be a blended family, but there needs to be some boundaries. And one of them is that I'm not going to do your fucking draws. Like, get your girlfriend to do it. And if your girlfriend can meet my kids, she can meet me too. And he's saying that, like, he doesn't want to do it because uh, Anna's always on, like, down on him. And he's wondering what she's going to say to the girlfriend. Um, I'm like, whatever. She's probably going to be very nice to her and extra mean to you. So Lisa's holding a Seder for everyone. Lenny's Jewish. I'm assuming Lisa converted. Um... Not that she has to, because I don't know that Lisa, that Lenny is religious, um, but it just seems like Lisa would convert. I mean, what else is she doing? Like, why wouldn't she convert? Uh, she doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like she was so super religious that she can't convert. And I, I also think his in-laws seem like the type that would be like, is she going to convert? Is she going to convert? And so I just, I assume she did. And she's inviting the girls so that, you know, Bravo will film this. And also because, you know, she's trying to figure out ways to not be around her in-laws. Um, if you don't know, Seder is like the dinner starting Passover. I think, I don't want to say this incorrectly, but I think it's either the first night. Is it two nights? I know it's the first night. So that's what they're doing. Um... <laughs> So, all right. 
So the interesting thing about this theater is that everyone at the table is an immigrant or a first generation, is from a first generation immigrant family. So um, Lisa's Canadian. Um, Lenny's parents are Russian. I believe Lenny was born in Moscow. Um, Mama Elsa is Cuban. Um, Joanna's family's from Poland. And so before they get to the dinner, you see Mama Elsa sitting, talking to Marina, who is Lenny's mother, and talking to Mar to uh, Joanna's mother. And Mama Elsa calls Obama an animal. Marina discusses how he is trying to take money from everyone. Uh, just some gross shit. And, like, I don't want to make a big deal out of this because I feel like I'm constantly trying to explain, like, social justice shit to people. That's part of, like, first of all, that's part of who I am. If we were, if we, if you and I were sitting somewhere, I would be talking about the things I talk about on this podcast. But I don't, but also I get tired of talking about them. You know what I mean? So, like, I just want to point out how trippy it is to watch this table full of immigrants at a Seder talking about how the black president is an animal and toasting to America. It's trippy. And the only thing I want to point out is that marginalized people often marginalize other groups. It Being marginalized doesn't prevent you from being racist. It doesn't prevent you from being anti-Semitic, not that they are. Um, are being so right this, but I'm, I'm thinking of like a Nick Cannon, uh, saying anti-Semitic things and he's a part of a marginalized group and how like people want to run to his defense, but he is, he is wrong. He is wrong. And the fact that he's a part of a marginalized group doesn't make what he's saying, what he said any different. I assumed he apologized and I don't know went to a temple or something for a, for a, a, a photo op. I don't know what the fuck he did. Um, some PR bullshit, but like, like I was talking about earlier, Miami is a huge melting pot full of, it's very international. It's full of immigrants. It's full of, um, Latinx people. It, and those people can be extremely racist and they can be sitting here at a Seder full of people so happy that they are able to immigrate to America talking cash shit like that. Like it's whatever. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to always be the one that has to talk about this stuff, but I just want to point out how trippy it was. Um, anyway, Adriana is throwing that anniversary party, not at Texas Roadhouse. Like I would have liked, I would have loved to go to Texas Roadhouse right now. If you guys can get a vaccine, please get a vaccine. Please wear your masks. So I can go to Texas Roadhouse and eat those rolls and rolls. And what I like to get is they call it the roadkill. Is it called roadkill there? It's called roadkill. It has onions. It's just, it's just, um, a ground beef steak. And, but they will make it medium for me there or medium rare for me there, which is what I, how I like it. Um, I like burgers, medium rare, but you can't always get them places. I think you can get it at like Fuddruckers or something, but. But it's, but it's just the meat and it has onions and mushrooms. I don't get the onions. They, they do too much with the onions. 
it just has mushrooms on it and like some cheese or whatever. I get that. I get the buttered corn, which is literally corn put in a gallon of butter. Delicious. Corn tastes so good once you cover it with butter. <laughs> it's like me saying corn tastes so good once you cover it with crack. It does. It does. Smoking crack feels awesome. It really does. And so does mainline butter. So I get that. And then I usually get a loaded, <laughs> a loaded sweet potato that has butter and cinnamon and sugar on it. And the first time, and marshmallows. And the first time I got it in front of my kids, they lost their shit. They were like, what is that? And I was like, dinner. <laughs> it used to be like a favorite place me and the kids would go. I would take all my foster kids there. I remember, <laughs> I took this one set of foster kids there and they were like this is amazing <laughs> what is this place called i was like it's called texas roadhouse they were like i love it write it down so we can tell mom about it because you know they're they're their bio mom they were having a visit with her the next day and they wanted to tell her that about texas roadhouse and how we can go there once we can come back home i just thought it was cute they wanted to write down the name of the fucking of this chain restaurant that i've frequented <laughs> They like to, my oldest likes to eat the peanuts. He love like they love that they keep telling me to throw the peanuts on the floor, but none of my kids will do it because <laughs> they think it's a trick <laughs> and it is a trick. Cause I'm not going to let you throw fucking peanuts on the floor, baby. Um, <laughs> I love Texas Roadhouse. Love it. Love it. Fucking love it. It opens at four. I like to get there right at fucking four, eat and get out for that bitch kids busy. You get so busy. It looks like people are climbing on the fucking roof. It is busy up in there. Oof, why the fuck am I talking about Texas Roadhouse? <laughs> Texas Roadhouse. Um, I miss it. I miss it. One day, maybe uh 2025. <laughs> so they're having it, it where they're having this um anniversary party. It looks beautiful. They're on the water. I mean, it's nice. And Leah Black and Thomas Kramer are there and talking about how rude everyone was at the dinner party. And I'm like, the rudest person in the world is sitting, standing right there. And he's probably high on Coke. And he says he doesn't even remember he invited Anna, so he didn't even need to be polite to her. Rude. Fucking <laughs> rude. Oh my God. Um, at the party, they're asking Adriana and Frederick when their 50 years will start. And before someone asked them that, Frederick and... Uh, were hugging and I guess they were having a small moment in the back and he said they should start with 50 hours and then 50 days and then 50 months and eventually they'll get to 50 years and he's right he's right how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time how do you have a long relationship it's one fucking day at a time today one day he's saving you from <laughs> From the natural disaster you're in, another day you're finding his wallet. Another day he's getting Texas Road, Texas Roadhouse takeout for you. Another day you're cleaning his ears. It's one fucking day at a time, one hump at a time. It's very difficult. Um, I was talking about this on Twitter, but um, I sometimes have like. The reason I've been with my husband so long is we, you can tell, the reason you know 
that like he's a very good person even though he can't find his wallet ever is because I don't want to be married to anybody. And the reason I don't want to be married and I almost, and I really like my a recurring dream I have all the time that I've talked about with my therapist is that I am quietly sitting in a, in a very small studio apartment with all white things in it, paying bills and all my papers are in order. And we talked about it and after exploring what we realized that like I am desperate not to be hurt desperate all my plan planning ahead all my spreadsheets all this stuff it's just me trying to avoid bad things happening to me because it's because it's scary and when you have these people in your life children and, and a spouse or partner you can't shore up this, yourself the way you want to you know and like you just like I have no control over whether he dies when he's driving to work. It worries me. I can't I have no control over whether like whether my kids are gonna grow up and have good lives or not. I just have to do what I can from them now and hope that they take that out into the world with them and hope that they catch, you know, catch a battle luck and make some good decisions and are in the right place at the right times. That's that's all I can hope for them. And that is nerve wracking for me. Like this is where all my anxiety comes from is me trying to fix everything perfectly so that nothing bad will ever happen to me or mine. And the more people you have in your circle, the more people you love, the harder that is. And so a testament to the, like, if I could, it would just be me in a little small place just work, just taking care of myself and, and covering all the bases there. But that's how, how my life is shaken out. So I just have to stay here and love these people and let them love me. And I have to like try to try to loosen up about things and try to like be okay with surprises and try to be okay with not knowing what's going to happen and just trying to get through it. It's very difficult though. Um, and it's really a matter of taking it one day at a time. Actually, I had to pause uh, recording because my husband came home. I could hear his music was really loud when he drove. I could hear him in the driveway. So I stopped and went out there. And I haven't been able to get eggs for a while because, um, you know, after that freeze, it's like a hurricane hit. You know, after a hurricane, you can't just like go to the store and get a bunch of shit because you're waiting for things to get trucked in. Luckily, the roads are fine here. So... But I've been wanting eggs. I usually eat <laughs> my favorite breakfast around 11 a.m. is two eggs over medium, lightly toasted toast, very buttered. I puncture the eggs so that the yolk comes out and I dip the toast in them. And then once I've dipped enough of that and, and bitten that, I take whatever toast is left and put the eggs in it and roll them up and eat it. That is that is a breakfast that will satisfy me every time. And I haven't been able to find eggs. And so I've just been a little off. And when he got out of his car, bumping all this loud-ass music, he had three cartons of eggs with him that he'd gotten from his job. And I was like, oh. And he goes, yeah. He said, I, he said, I don't think you can get your breakfast because you haven't had any eggs. And I was like, oh, look at that. Look at that. So... Being vulnerable is incredibly hard. Being vulnerable with another person is incredibly hard. But 
if you can't be vulnerable, if you can't be open to to sometimes allowing un, unexpected things to happen to you, you also miss out on good things. Um, like somebody showed up with eggs for you or somebody just all the little nice things that happen are because I am making myself vulnerable to love another person. What I'm saying here is I get what Adriana is, is, is that it is thinking about her first marriage where, you know, some woman's calling going, no, I miss his wife. Like that is, I would never want to go through something like that again. That That is traumatizing. But the key, you can't get any good, anything good if you're not going to make yourself vulnerable to get anything bad too. I understand that. I fight that every fucking day, Adriana. And so like, I understand where you are, but you got, but all you have to do, and she doesn't need to be married for 50 years. I, I guess they just broke up. So they're not married for 50 years. That's not the goal. It's not, it's the numbers, not the goal. It's in, it's enjoying the time you have with the people that you love and not closing yourself off so much so that you don't get anything because you're too scared to accidentally have a bad experience. This sounds like I want Andre out to marry Frederick. I don't know about all that. I'm just saying you got to be vulnerable sometimes. It's tough though. At the end of the party, Adriana comes out in a Brazilian, to do a Brazilian dance with feathers. She looks like, I'll probably get this wrong, but she looks like Carnival. She looks like, um, she's got a headpiece. It's like a dance outfit. And she dances around and everyone enjoys it. And Alexia, who's there, is like, you know, he loves, he's like, Frederick gets up to dance with her. Alexia is like, he loves her like this and. That's one of the reasons they're so good together. Um, I will say, Adriana, it's weird that you're doing this at your in-laws' 50th anniversary. It seems very, look at me, look at me, but fine. They all seem to enjoy it. <laughs> and then Adriana says that in a voiceover that she's, Frederick is very good to her. It's not really about him. And she still has a few more demons to take care of. Understand. All right, guys, that is it. I'm done. Like, this is the shortest podcast I've done in a while. My shit on Jessica Simpson, who I thought I was going to have 40 minutes on, was two and a half hours. Must be losing my touch in my old age. Mm. All right, guys, I will see you. If you are a Patreon member, I'll see you for a bonus episode this week, coming week, where we talk about intervention. I don't know which episode yet, but we're going to talk. And then... For those of you who just listened to the main feeds on Sunday, I'll see you next Sunday. Later. Later.